Welcome to the Culture of Safety Podcast. How's it going, Matt? Good. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. It's starting to cool down in Bakersfield. There's still tons of fires, so you know. It's, it's not as smoky anymore, though, so that's pretty nice. No, yeah, the, the weather's gotten a lot better. So, um, again, talking about the, you know, how we're focusing mainly on the entry-level employees. I've been actually getting a lot, a lot of questions on, like, regulations, you know, like, well, how do I look up this regulation? What regulation do I apply? Does it work here? Does it work there? And so what I've been doing is I've been challenging a lot of the people that I, I deal, I work with, like, hey, I have a regulation for you. I need you to, you know, sight unseen, figure out what, what the best path is and then how to handle this um, without actually being seen. Because you know as well as I do, oftentimes when we're out in the field, we're seeing things and it's easier for us to make a judgment call, but sometimes you're going to be as a manager, you're going to get those calls too. Hey, you know what? Hey, Matt, there's this thing going on. I need you to tell me like, you know, I need help on this. Tell me what's the best course of action. And they're just going to give you a scenario and you're like, okay, well, let me look up the regulation and let me tell you, or let me show you how to look up that regulation specifically. Because, you know, if you're on a state plan, your state plan is going to differ from OSHA from Fed OSHA, and then obviously all the different requirements within general industry and construction. That can be a big one too. That a lot of people have questions on. Well, when does general industry apply? When does construction apply? All this kind of stuff, and so it can get it can get pretty hectic. I remember when I first got in in safety, I was learning that that was very difficult. Understanding how in construction we have one standard, but if somebody that comes in in general industry and comes onto the construction site, are they considered a construction worker? And believe it or not, it doesn't, that's not how it works. It's just based on what you are doing, mm -hmm. what your classification is. So I figured it'd be a great episode on, on teaching people how to better identify, you know, what type of regulations, where, where other, those resources are and how to interpret regulations. I know one of the things we'll talk about definitely is the letters of interpretation because OSHA doesn't really spell out everything so easily sometimes. And sometimes we have to call them and say, Hey, I needed a letter of interpretation on this subject matter. Uh, one of the things I've seen is that it's not knowing always it's, I mean, that's definitely part of it. Knowing right. when to look at that regulation, but just in general, understanding what you're reading. I, I've had guys in the past that they just come to me and they'll be like, Hey, I read this. I think I know what it's saying. Can you read it and tell me what you think it's saying? So I can make sure that I'm interpreting it correctly. Cause one thing that I tried to explain to people, because I've had safety guys complain, and they say, like, why doesn't uh, OSHA just tell us to do this? Like, tell us more specifically. And I said, well, you got to think. General industry, just think of what you just said. General industry. Yes, OSHA has everything. to come up with a rule that fits thousands of types of different businesses. Right. So they try to give you the bare minimum so that they can cover, it, like, a, a broad group of people without being so specific. And your job is to interpret it, and but also just to keep your employees safe for whatever it is that right. you're doing. And that's why OSHA is always like kind of like the bare minimum because they're just giving you, hey, like at least do these things. Well, the thing that I learned actually in in safety when I was going through school and I didn't know this at the time was the way these rules are applied or not. I'm sorry, not applied, but are generated, right? Promulgated if you if you want to go with the, the specific term. So what ends up happening is OSHA, especially if you think about like if you get into ergonomics, that's like kind of the cool thing it was back in the day. Ergonomics was a thing, right? But everybody's keeping pushback like how can we 
financially be able to do this. So when OSHA comes up with a, a new proposed regulation or a change in a regulation, they have to go and we have to do studies and saying, hey, this is what it's going to cost across the industries and blah, 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 blah. Then they put it out there. So you imagine it's like if like every other law is not like the way that OSHA works. If we have rules in California, they make laws and that's it. We There's no like, oh, let's all get in there and let's have an argument. No, no, no. That's not how it works. They just say, hey, we're going to create this law. Does everybody agree? Agreed. Done. That's it. Now it's law. They send it up to the, the governor. The governor signs it. Now it's a law. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, OSHA goes, hey, we're going to create a law. We're going to put it out there. We're going to do our little scientific studies saying, hey, this is what it's going to cost the industries across the board. We're going to see this type of change. It's kind of like a like a um, environment environmental impact report, but obviously a regulation impact. Report. Yeah, it, it exactly. <laughs> probably exactly what it's called. Um, and then what it is, they put it out there and guess what? Everybody gets the lobby. No, this is too much. We can't handle this. It's going to break up our company, blah, blah, blah. And so they have to either ratify it or they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and say, oh, okay, well, that's too, uh, too strict of a standard. We need to go to something that's a little bit more lenient and something more what they call enforceable. And that's where you see the difference between like the American Industrial Hygienists Association the AIHA versus what they actually have enforceable, you know, because a lot of the regulations are like saying, well, hydrogen sulfide is actually more dangerous at like five parts per million, but we can only regulate it or punish you by law at 10, that kind of thing. And so that's the kind of little interesting little thing that I've learned over the years is the a lot of times the regulations, yeah, they're like you said, they're written or, or interpreted generally because I mean, Especially in California, we have millions of businesses trying to regulate all of them is would be almost nearly impossible. Yeah, for sure. And then on top of that, I think another thing that they do, and it kind of ties into, I think one of the topics we're gonna we're gonna speak about right now, or that you're gonna talk about, is they'll they'll give you these huge windows to comply because they, yeah. they. So I think there's one that came out last year about uh, ladder specifically. Well, what we deal with in in my uh, business is pumping units, mm -hmm. and I think like. They gave us till like 2035 to start designing yes. ladders with, I mean, uh, pumping units without ladders or something like that. I don't remember the exact reg, but I just remember it was like 15 years out we had to comply. Yep. And it, it's because of, of all the regulation yeah, and the, the red tape and, and all so. that kind of stuff. And it's just really interesting how all those things tie into each other. And yeah, I've, I've, I'm actually, I have no interest in learning all how the bureaucracy of how this stuff goes because I'm sure it's a bunch of white coats up in the middle of like Sacramento or Washington, depending on, you know, your situation. And they're just lobbying back and forth of what they can and can't enforce. And of course, at the end of the day, we understand that safety can't be, you know, our sole, our sole responsibility because in the end of the day, if we're too safe, we're not going to get any work done. You know, I think that's, that's kind of the pushback on both sides is, Hey, we're trying to keep people safe, but at the same time, Hey, we're also trying to make money too. Cause a lot of this stuff can get expensive over time. But I've seen it a lot where, you know, people who are entry level, you know, they kind of get stuck in the middle where they're trying to figure out, okay, where do I work? What's the regulation and how do I apply it? Because depending on the situation that you have, it can it can change from one one to another. One of the first classic mistakes I, I typically see most newbies do is the Fedosha versus Kalosha, right? And so I'll give you a scenario where, you know, we had a situation where it was fall protection, right? Somebody was on a scaffolding, I want to say nine feet, right? And so, of course, if you if you were just general construction or I would say general industry or just construction, you know, general industry is four feet. Construction by Fed OSHA is six feet, right? 
most people didn't realize that you can be on scaffolding up to 10 feet without fall protection, without guardrails or fall arrest system, whatever, whatever you choose to put on there. And so me and an individual got in an argument many, many years ago. And it was actually on a, a on a tank. So they were building scaffolding inside of a tank. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you can't be on there. And I'm like, why? It's got it's got a guardrail. He didn't understand what fall. I think that's probably the biggest thing I, I love is fall protection. Because they're like, oh, man. Fall protection. Oh, you don't have fall protection. They automatically think that's, you know, a harness, a harness. and a lanyard. And I'm yep. like, well, you know, guardrailing is part of fall protection. And if it's a guardrail, it's safer than that. But they're like, no, you need to tie off. I'm like, tie off to what? Anyway, mm-hmm. long tangent of going that way. But he's like, no. General or uh, construction at six feet. We don't care. Six feet. If you're higher than six feet, then you have to get down. You have to put a harness on and go back up there. And of course, you know me, I'm Mr. Argumentative. So I sat down. I said, look, first of all, you're quoting the wrong one. Yes, I get the 1910.5, 501, 502, 503 to duty have fall protection does uh, require at six feet. You have that. But you would also read that it doesn't include ladders and it does not include scaffolding. Those are the two exceptions. If you had read the regulation, you'd be you'd be knowledgeable. Furthermore, this is California. We have our own state plan, so we follow Cal OSHA. Well, what are you going to do if a Fed OSHA person comes up? And I'm all, well, uh, I'd be impressed because I'm like, where, where, where is your jurisdiction? Because you are way outside. Anyway, furthermore, I said, look, and in Cal OSHA, it's actually seven and a half feet. So if I'm at this level and I have scaffolding and I have, you know, um guardrails i'm protected but sometimes it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong as long as the person who's in charge as long as they feel right sometimes that's the more <laughs> i've learned that i've learned that over time and sometimes the the cop with the gun always is always right you know what i'm saying i got it so i've learned that if you have a, a position of authority sometimes i'll just let you win just to let you like oh well why didn't you well you, you know that's not right i'm like yeah but i don't want to get a phone call later mm-hmm. i don't want to get fired so sometimes you know you learn when to hold them and learn when to fold them especially if it's something like it's not really gonna it's not gonna uh like hurt anybody it's, it's just gonna something that's anything. gonna make a bunch just gonna make you take more time than whatever yeah and why that's uh, that's what i've learned is you know i'm not gonna sit there and argue with you i'm just gonna i'm gonna understand that hey obviously that you're not the person to go to mm-hmm. if i need a, a regulation call like hey i need somebody who knows really good about this you're not that guy anymore yeah so, yeah I, I think i i remember i had a specific instance uh we were working in like a, a bigger we were doing a road bore Okay. And um, it was pretty deep. It was like 26 feet deep, I think. Okay. Had, it was all designed by a professional engineer. Right, right. Um, we had all the plans and everything. And we had we had created it. So one side was like, I can't, I can't remember what it was. It was crazy. You could walk in and out very easily. Okay. Like it was a, it was very sloped out like to a long, a long distance. But anyways, one of my guys, he was a newer guy and he was kind of trying to prove himself a little bit and he was reading the regs. And what it was is we were actually installing a little, uh, like a cement pad to do like a, a vessel down at the bottom of this uh, this hole. It's going to stay there forever. Okay. Permanent. And they actually had taken a water hose down there to wet the cement. Oh, man. I already know where you're going you know where go I'm going? with this. So yes. in the regulation, it says that if there's a, a, a potential for accumulation, accumulation of, water, of water, yes, sir. That you have to do these things. <laughs> I knew and exactly no joke, where you were going th- with this. This is a massive, a massive <laughs> you have like hole. a garden hose? These dudes have a garden hose, and he shut down work. <laughs> oh he shut down God. work because he said they weren't meeting the regulation. I mean, he's right. There is accumulating water. At yes. like one gallon per six days. <laughs> I mean, they usually, they just used it to wet the cement. You yeah. know what I mean? To like trowel it or whatever. That's funny. And I had to go through the regulation with them and just explain like, man, like I understand like you're reading the, I see how you're getting there, 
But like, just think about what is the intent of this regulation and what are they trying to prevent yeah. from happening? I don't think an OSHA person seeing somebody wet cement pad <laughs> in this massive hole that would never fill up with water with that little garden hose. But it's accumulating water, Matt. It's accumulating water. We're all going to die, okay? I mean, he's maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But. He's saving lives, okay? We're all going to drown from the water hose. No, it's funny that you see that. I'm like, dude, yeah, accumulation of water. Yeah, I could see how somebody... So that's that's the that's the kind of things that I think we're gonna t- like we're we're focusing on this this episode, right? Is sometimes you can read the regulation and I see how you can jump to that conclusion, but you gotta think about what is the intent of this regulation? What is look at the big picture sometimes right. and figure out what are they trying to prevent from happening. Nobody was gonna drown in that. Nobody it wasn't gonna fill up and they were gonna be engulfed in water. Like it was coming from a water buffalo that holds a couple hundred gallons. Right. This gigantic dirt berm, I bet, could hold thousands of gallons before it filled up. So. I could imagine. I've, I've done road bores before, and man, those things are massive undertakings. It's just amazing to see how they have all the all the you know excavation. I've I think you and I worked on one maybe quite some years ago where Possibly. they did one, and they actually had scaffolding in it. I don't know if you remember that. We did one with trench boxes and maybe scaffolding. I don't remember. It was a while back. I, I don't know if you were on that specific project, but I remember that we were doing one and they had scaffolding in it. And that's actually where it came into as well, where the guy was like, oh, yeah, this is the regulation. And and I think it was me, one of one of your old older um, safety people that you hired on many uh, a couple of years ago. We looked at him and we're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Like he was just making, but he was the man in charge. And so he made, he's like, oh yeah, I just look at the regs right now. And this is what it says. You have to do this, this, and this. And me and, me and this individual were like, what? What are you talking about, bro? Like that's not even applied to this right now. So one of the things I've always told people is first of all, understand where you're at, right? Of course, for me, I'll be honest with you. I kind of cheat. I always look up the Fed regulation first because it's easier for me to grab a lot of the terminology and then flip it over to Cal OSHA. And then just tap Kalosha on the back of that, and it'll bring me to right where I've learned. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a little quick shortcut. So I don't know the exact. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm really bad with the the Kalosha standards, the numbers, just because I don't typically deal with them that often. Usually, that's like if I'm doing like. Also, for all your certifications and everything, you're studying everything's for fed, fed. So you learn the Fed ones a lot better than yeah. for the Cal. And so I've I've learned that if I need to specifically address that, I have a cheat I have a cheat sheet. So I have like a Cal OSHA book mm-hmm. that has all the actual regulations. So if I need to look it up, I can look it up. Yeah. But for like emails and stuff like that, I'll always reference the Cal OSHA or the Fed OSHA. Like let's say fall protection or scaffolding or electric. I'll look up that. I'll grab the same words because a lot of times they cheat and they'll just take the words and they'll just literally transfer directly over. And so yeah. that'll bring me exactly to where I need. Because there's so many different paths that it can be very difficult for you to reach the same spot. Oh, yeah. So one of the big ones that I've, I have i don't know if you guys remember the story, probably many episodes ago, about when we ran into, you know, the, the gas can, right? How we can't yep. have a, mm-hmm. a metal gas can. Well, that had popped up a couple months ago and I was asked, hey, I need you to help me find this regulation. And what they were looking at was the regulation for like fuel cells and gas and actually transferring the gasoline. So if you don't know, if you have two gas cans and you're you're transport or if you're transferring, transferring the contents of one flammable into another, you need to have it bonded and, and grounded, all that kind of stuff. You have to have that done. And that's what he was looking at. He was looking at the wrong one. Like, no, 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 that's not the one. We're talking about actually having it on the job. And it's this standard is the one that you're looking for. So for me, Cal OSHA, grab the Fed OSHA standard if you know where that's at. Then go and then just copy and paste it and then type Cal OSHA in the back of it. 
and it'll bring you exactly to what the Kalosha standard or whatever state standard that you guys are working with. Yeah, that's one of the downsides. I'm trying to think. I know there's been instances where I've had this before, but like you're saying, like I feel like this reg should fall under this category when I go to look it up. Yeah. But then actually it falls under this other it gets category. It's completely different with state plans. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, like I get how they put it there, but like that's not what I would have thought. That's not what I, I thought. Well, because in the, especially it. in the federal, it's under that that one standard. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dude, it's right there. But then you look at your, your specific state plan and you're like, oh, that kind of took a left turn. Yep. And it's over here in category D instead of category C. Yep. So one of the ones that I've had recently too was fall protection on ladders. Well, ladders on scaffolding. So a practice in a lot of the places that we work is when you build scaffolding, when it's a certain height, I think about 20, 25 feet, they'll usually put an SRL, a self-retracting lanyard. So it'll have a, the SRL at the top. It'll be tied off to the, the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have like a, a really long piece of rope. And then, you know, when you're at, when you're going to go up, you pull down the SRL, you attach it to your fall protection or your, your harness, harness and you, you climb up the ladder and then, presumably when the when the cage closes then you take it off mm-hmm. off your harness which my always always my favorite my, my favorite thing to do is because watching people try to take off their their own you know tie off points is is sometimes hilarious to me yeah. because the people can't people are very flexible Depending and they're on like the person you know they're looking like, impossible yeah they're looking like a monkey like i can't reach it and i'm all I'm like well i don't know what to do. i don't know what to do you know and so i actually had that that question uh fairly recently and and Again, I challenge some of my my colleagues. Hey, what do you think? Where would I look for this specifically? And how do I how do I manage something like that? Because imagine if we're let's say we're obviously maybe a newer employee and we're gonna ha- be asked, hey, I need I need a judgment call on whatever specific obviously to your industry. I have something that I need a a determination now. If you can't leave, let's say you're in a meeting or you're doing something else. And you can't go make the determination by seeing. That's a skill that I think is very, very useful and very important to have as far as a safety professional. I'm sure you as a manager, you're looking at your people and you want them to have that ability mm-hmm. because oftentimes you're like, you know what? This is one of those things where I can make a judgment call. I'm like, uh, explain to me what you guys are doing. Explain to me what's going on. And if uh, this, I mean, it depends on on. Sometimes it depends on the ability of the supervisor or employee to kind of lay out what's going on. Yeah. Because I've I've been given calls like, "Hey, yeah, we're near overhead power lines. I don't, we're okay, right?" I'm like, "What, what do you mean? Hold <laughs> on, like, I, I give me some more detail." Well, yeah, we're like ten feet, and then you go out to the job site and it's like forty five feet, and you're like, "Bro, you're not even close." Like, I wasted my time. Coming Sometimes out here. you gotta get real specific. Like, okay, this is what I need you to do. Walk to the pole. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I, I tell them like, hey, well, especially with technology now, take a picture. Yeah. I always tell people, take a picture of what you see. That way there's a lot. I mean, a, a lot of times that can definitely help. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but power lines can be really deceiving in pictures sometimes. Yes. But yes. For sure. Pictures. That's a good that's a good piece of advice. Right. Especially if you have a piece of equipment. I think that's my for my thing is if I have like, oh, yeah, we're over here by or near overhead power lines. OK, what does over here mean? Well, we didn't measure it, but we have like four four car lengths. I'm like, okay, well, that's probably a good distance. You guys are probably fine. Or, you know, if they're unable to give me the detail that I want, then I'd say, hey, send me a picture. Oh, well, okay. Well, maybe if it's really, really questionable, cool. You know what? I'm just going to go out there. But I've seen it where a lot of people don't have that ability to, okay, well, this is, this is where we're at. This is how we're going to define the pathway that we're going to be, you know, following this regulation. Especially when it comes to some of the more technical aspects, confined space, 
Um, excavations is a big one. Scaffolding is a pretty big Scaffolding, one. Scaffolding. I, I would say, I guess I'm lucky because the, the, the CHST was really heavy in scaffolding. So I had to learn both the scaffolding that we use is the, the, like a kit type where it's just pre-made prefab like bamboo or something. Well, no, it's like <laughs> a, it's, it's engineered. No, no, the yeah. ones that you use, but yeah, there's but regs there's, on bamboo scaffolding. Okay, no, that's, that's like Asia. We don't No, there's regs in our regulations about bamboo scaffolding. I think when we were studying for the CHST together, I remember there was like one or two weird, weird questions about bamboo scaffolding. Oh, uh, I don't I, remember I think that. So. <laughs> I think you're, you're miss, you're misremembering. It has to be. In, it must be fetish. Guys, remember, everybody remember drugs are bad. Drugs are <laughs> bad. Coin. But yeah, it's it's a lot of, especially on the one-offs, you know, especially no, no person is an island. Oftentimes you'll have a project and you'll have electricians. Uh, you know, that's one thing that a lot of people don't have experience in. Hey, we're going to be doing some automation. We're going to be building, you know, pumps or installing pumps or we're going to be, you know, installing these these um, buildings. Okay, we're going to have electricians and they come in as a third third party contractor and you're now expected to understand, you know, their safety aspect and and what is they're doing. And so I guess, again, luckily for me, I dealt with those guys in the beginning. So I kind of learned a lot from them and I was able to, you know, understand the terminology and, and all that kind of stuff down the road. So definitely just understand what is the best method for finding what you need to know. What, re what re uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what industry do I work for? Yeah. What what are they doing first of all also that's very important and then try to figure out what regulation is the one that's most appropriate and then of course go back as a big circle right come back to it hey this is the regulation this is how i'm, I'm interpreting it this is what's going to keep my people safe and this is a saying that we're within compliance within the regulation right so making sure that you have that full circle because if not what's going to happen is you're going to either have an injury or you're going to have, um, uh, again, a gross misinterpretation. And now you're going to, you know, piss a bunch of people off by by stopping their job. Shutting down construction sites for a water hose. Right. And, and, Saying and, we need to get pumps in here to suck this water out of a star. Like, hey, like, we need that. Uh, we have a we needed two suck trucks to take out this water, uh, this garden hose. And you're like, somebody come get your boy. <laughs> Which I have admitted that I have made some errors in my judgment before too. I've looked at certain regulations and, you know, especially with silica, um, you know, saying, Hey, a hand spray pump isn't adequate oh, yeah, in reality. It, it, it is, but I don't know. It's just for me, I don't feel like how are you controlling something you can't see? Yep. That makes, you know, for me, it makes more sense. If, if you had a fan, cool. I have positive pressure. It makes sense to me, but you know, hand pump, you know, water sprayer. I mean, I I use those for pesticides and they're not very they're not very accurate. They're not very reliable. But you know, within certain regulations, it's fine. Would you say a good practice? I think I think something that I've tried to do over the years is kind of build up and know who in your network knows these specific topics. Yeah, and then just get their opinion because I mean, I know yeah. I've made mistakes just like you have, or I misinterpreted uh, a regulation and assumed that it meant this when probably it meant something else. Mm -hmm. But that's why normally. If I'm gonna do something like that, I'll call somebody that I somebody that I knows know like has an experience. expert in that field. Yeah. yeah, if there's somebody that works for a scaffolding company, and I have a scaffolding question, well, I'm probably gonna call the scaffolding guy because I know he's probably he's gonna probably, know, he's probably dealt with it. Right, and you'd be surprised that I I I do that quite often as well. Hey, you know what? I'm not sure about this. Oh yeah, so, you know this is the reference you need, or this is where you go. And mm -hmm. of course, it's always important to do your due diligence. You know, I think that a lot of people just kind of make, well, I need to make a decision now. Like, well, I mean, 
I mean, one of the one of my favorite ones. So if you guys are very unfamiliar with confined spaces, one of my favorite ones is the confined space rescue team. Right. And I remember and I, I'm still sure it's, it's still like this, is that a lot of people have the the misinterpretation that a rescue team means that either they have to be on site or they can use the local fire department. And I know that oftentimes people are like, oh, no, we have the fire department. We're cool. And I'm like, well, first of all, like, do you understand how the fire department works? Like, they're not here at your beck and call. And second of all, like, by the time they even show up, they're probably going to be dead anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be falling wildly outside. And so I know there's two two letters of interpretation that we can look up, right? So it's it's understanding where that gray area is. And sometimes it's just, okay, well, what is what does this word mean to OSHA? Because OSHA does a pretty good job. I'll be honest with you. They do a great job of, you know, the if you have a, a regulation, it tells you how it's applied, what the exceptions are, and then it gives you a good full list of, de- uh, list of definitions. Well, what is What are we talking about when we mean a member? Or what are we talking about when we say a footer? What, is, what do those words mean? They'll mm-hmm. define it. Hey, this, 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 this. But there are always some words in there that are key, and you're like, well, what is quickly respond me what does timely manner mean you know and so i know of one interpretation where it's literally they they spell it out right you know what i'm talking about yeah i was trying to i was actually trying to look at the actual uh the actual word yeah so it's it's really it's really interesting on how they they specifically define you know what the timeline is for when you have a rescue team that needs to be available that you're not allowed. So the first one is just specifically saying that, no, you can't use the fire department because if the fire department gets a call, a fire motor vehicle accident, whatever, they're not readily available, right? Especially depending on where you guys are at. If you guys are, you know, 10 miles from the next fire and fire station, that's just going to increase that time even, even longer. Right? So it's important for you guys to understand that if you, if you need help, they always have letters of interpretation. There's, tons of them they ask questions about everything and from my understanding you can also you know do consulting too but i've had some wishy-washy i'll even that i'll even google like that so google is my best friend when it comes to regulations because i'll just google the regulation i'm looking for go to the cal osha website Mm -hmm. bring it up read it but sometimes i'll go straight to just the interpretation uh, yeah. yeah scaffolding ladder letter of interpretation and then boom a lot of times that brings up because osha keeps a catalog of all yeah. the letters of interpretation boom it brings up this and it literally it'll do a lot sometimes a better job well, they, for well, sure. yeah it'll, a it'll way better, a better job, job of, of explaining you know. hey this is what we meant in that regulation uh and so like sometimes i just go straight to it just yeah. google that no it's i've i've believe it or not i've actually taken those copy and pasted and and sent that in the email hey I get what you're saying, but here's a letter of interpretation. This is what they mean by this standard. This is yeah. what they mean by this time. You know, especially if we're talking about confined space. This is what we're talking about readily available. They means they're readily available like now, mm-hmm. not 10 minutes, not 20 minutes. Right now at this moment, hey, someone's going to die. We're going to send somebody in. Yeah. Rather than, hey, hold on. Let me call 911. Cool. You know how those phone calls go. You have to sit there and talk to a dispatcher. Oh, they ask Is somebody dying? Questions. Are they breathing? I'm like, dude, they're inside of a tank. I don't know. Like, just send somebody now, you know? Like, this is where I'm at. Send them now. I'm not going to sit there and ask. Well, I guess because I was an EMT, I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'm like, here you go. You handle that, and I'll go inside, and I'll kill, I'll, I'll kill people. I'll, I'll help kill people. people. Whoa. 
been playing a lot of that uh, Among Us game lately, so I've been murdering a lot of people online. I'm like, yes. No. But, I'm, man, now that we're talking about this, there's so many, like, different scenarios. Even when you talked about confined space, I think people just interpreting the regulations for permit required yeah. versus non-permit required. You walk, you look in some of these forums, and there's so many people miscommenting about, hey, no, this is what the regulation says. You must do this, 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 right. this. And then the guy below them says, hey, man, like, you do realize we're talking about a non-permit required confined space and a little bit no difference. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's, well, it's, it's because it's because in most in most companies, they just took the, the construction stand or the, the general industry standard and they're applying it to the construction because the general industry standard is a lot more um um how do I like a lot more strict? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot more detail, a lot more um uh regulation over it so people just go like oh, we're just gonna take the general industry standard and we'll just apply it to construction and so that's where i you're right i see a lot of like miscommunication my one of my favorite ones is when i used to come up to a confined space they're like oh it's not a confined space like why because it doesn't have a top and i'm like what like yeah it doesn't have a top yet so it's not a confined space and i'm like okay where in the you know but um i'm imagine imagine me holding up a piece of paper because that's what i'm doing in real life you know where in this uh regulation does it say has to have a top and they're like, well, nowhere. I'm like, exactly. As long as it meets these three requirements, yeah. it's a confined space. Mm -hmm. And if, as long as, you know, of course, policy, and this is where it gets into, I hate the weeds, is what's the regulation versus what's policy. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of people get that, that miscommunication too, because some, somewhere someone got hurt. And so they said, okay, well, we're not going to do the six foot rule. We're going to do a four foot rule. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but this regulation says that, yeah, but our policy, right? The people that are managing said four feet. Why? Because most people don't know what six feet looks like. So we just said, hey, most people don't know what four feet looks like. That's why we made that rule. And so arguing policy versus regulation is always a fun one because I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. The regulation says this, but our policy says that. And you're yeah. like, ugh. So, again, that's another thing that you you should understand. But obviously, as as an employee in the beginning – it's that's going to be one of your hardest things learning how to negotiate all of that. Cause you're going to be asked questions a lot. Well, how come I can't do this? Or how come I can't do that? And they're going to say, Oh, well, the regulation says this, but our policy states that. And a lot, a lot of times what I've seen too, is com companies are just kind of lazy and they'll just take whatever, whatever the regulation is. And they'll just subtract one. They're like, Oh, California says seven and a half feet. Cool. Six and a half feet. Oh, you mean they just make it a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit different. Or, or my other favorite one, I know I've, I've said this before, is oh, when you're driving down the road and it's like, oh, 15 and a half miles per hour. And you're like, really? I'm like, it's the first time you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's different. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, it doesn't, people are still going to speed. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. People get used to used to the sign. You're like, oh, wow. Nine and three quarters? Wow. Yeah. that One of the guys I, I went to work with at a facility, he had all his signs were like that. It was like the back of the facility said like four and a half. The front of the facility said seven and a half. And I asked him, I was like, why do you put halves on everything? And he's, and that was his, he was like, oh, it makes it stand out. They're going to notice it better. And then they're going to follow it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. You have a little radar gun. You're like, yeah, I don't nope. think so. I'm putting your theory to the test. It didn't work. <laughs> You know, yeah, just because after after a while, people just get complacent, and you know, <laughs> they look at the, they notice the sign, they see it says four and a half, they continue doing ten, and they're like, oh, that's that's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. Four and a half. How am I supposed to go half a mile an hour? I'm like, well, well, you know. So no, it, it's again, it's super important for people just to understand, you know, the impact that we have. Like you said, we go out to a job site, 
And if we interpret, you know, the regulations wrong or a policy wrong, oftentimes we can cause a, a big ruckus, especially, you know, for certain for certain um, industries. It can be it can be very costly. Some of these places are hundreds of thousand dollars, you know, a day, if not more. I mean, I know your industry, you know, even on the larger scale, if you take up some of these, you know, hundred thousand ton cranes. You know, they've charged by the day and they are not cheap. So you coming in and halting production for a minor infraction can be oh, yeah. can be very you shut down yeah. two semi trucks or three semi trucks with a large hundred and fifty ton crane plus the crew that supports the crane. Yep. I mean we're talking about yo a good amount of money. Like forty, fifty, forty probably about twenty to thirty thousand dollars a day. I mean, I'm not gonna talk money, but Right. Well I'm I'm just I'm the one that I'm picturing was we were on a uh, location down south, and what ended up happening is we had a massive crane. Um, the ones where they literally truck in yeah. the weights, the pieces. Yeah, oh, yeah we truck in some on yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, what? Like, yeah, it's it's yeah, like you said, it's a it's a um, not a gantry crane. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the 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 trestle uh, tress. Not trestle. I know it's not trestle. I'm trying to think of the word. Why now? I keep saying trestle. Yeah. See. No, anyway. Paris. Uh, anyway, that type of crane, trellis, trellis crane. Trellis. Thank you, trellis crane. Where they're yeah, they're putting it in any pieces, and they have a guy come and inspect it, and they literally truck in all the weights, and like this thing's being lifted super high, and it's a ton of weight, and you're like, wow, it's amazing, can't wait to watch it. And then the safety guy comes in, but this is the safety over the whole whole company, and he doesn't know, and so he's sitting there and he's asking him questions. Well, how do you know this is this, and how do you know it's that, and how this 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 and this. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, you know, as a safety, as a safety professional, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I, I get his point. Like he doesn't know he's responsible, but at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, you're eventually you're going to get to the point, you know, of diminishing returns where all of a sudden people are going to get, start getting mad because we have this expensive crane on site and we're not getting things done, you know, kind of like in the oil fields, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, fracking or any type of like rig work, a rig that's laid down means what nothing's getting done and so oftentimes what they'll do is they'll rush to get the, the the mast up just because we could be waiting on tools we can wait on parts hey you know the fluids are coming or hey you know we, we ran into a snag work is being done we're just we ran into ran into something where if a rig's laid down no production somebody's driving by well that rig isn't producing for us why why isn't that rig up yet you know same thing why isn't this crane getting work done well, the safety guy had some questions. Well, did he have legitimate questions or was he just trying to find out, you know, because he's the one that's going to be in charge of if anything happens. What about, uh, I think it's part of this conversation. Maybe you can give some clarity on it from Wait, your point of on. view. I, 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 I want to continue bashing the safety guy real quick. Oh my gosh. I thought you were done. <laughs> no, this is my favorite one because he, he told me that I had to have to have a guy tie off on a step stool that was seven feet high. He wasn't even on the seventh step. So you imagine a, a, a seven foot step stool, a step stool, a step stool. What's a step stool? Like an A-frame ladder? Uh, well, it's like an A-frame, but it's got like handles. Oh, it's got the rolly bits on one side. It's, like and it's a, got the little flat and you step on it and it goes. Grrr. It's like a portable stairs. It's like portable stairs. Okay. Yeah. Right. And he's, he's climbing up the step ladder and it even has railings on the side. It has railings. It has everything. He's, he's seven feet in the air. I got my butt chewed because he was standing on the top rail, not the top rail, but the step step, the top step. 
And he goes, don't you know, you're never supposed to top, st- uh, stand on the top step of a, of a ladder. And why? He's above seven feet. He needs to have fall protection. And I, I man, it, it took all. I mean, I, I sat there and I told him, look, this is the regs. This is how it works. This is da 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 no, we need to make sure we care about safety here and da 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 da. And I literally walked over to the guy with like the biggest, heaviest heart. I'm like, hey man, you can check this out. I need you to put a harness on and tie off to this like no joke. It was like a one inch pipe or that, like that smaller. had production. It was being there was like fluids oh, in it. Oh, an actual pipe. Yeah, like an actual. It was like overhanging pipe. And what he was doing, he was cleaning. He was cleaning this like face of this machine mm-hmm. and there was like a pipe. I think it just carried like hot fluids or something like that. He's all, I, I need you to tie up to the pipe. And he goes, he looks at me. <laughs> he goes, Joe, are you serious? And I look, man, I wouldn't ask you if I didn't have to. He goes, he looks over at the other guy and goes, okay. I see he went and got no joke. I should have taken a picture. I probably did take a picture. It's probably lost in the, in the, in the ether somewhere, but it was literally a picture of a guy on a step stool about six seven and a half feet i can't remember exactly and he's tied off like maybe a foot above him with this lanyard that's literally almost touching the ground and i'm just like what is my life right now Hmm. safety consulting at its best gotta love it (laughs) gotta love it yeah i'm sorry go ahead with your with your dumb story oh yeah it's not a dumb story i was gonna ask you a question oh um how do you use non-regulatory bodies and how important are they so like when it comes to like ANSI, like like looking at ANSI or NIOSH or DOT, uh, DOT like well, the, DOT is so regs. A lot of times are based off of the, those recommendations, or they re, they recognize those bodies, right? But so how do those go hand like how, how do those go hand in hand? Well, believe it or not, the example we used before with the gas can that is a perfect is that example. NFPA? No, it's DOT. Oh, DOT. So, yeah, even though, so a lot of times people are like, well, like I said, my argument was, well, it's UL listed versus UL classified, and you have to know the difference. Well, the uh, UL was over here saying that it's good. How come I can't use it? Yeah. Again, the, the safety guy was unable to tell me, again, in my mind. But he was right. He was right. <laughs> but I, the reason why he was right was because he had known that that was a policy, mm. right? And that's fine. Again, we, we can talk about regulation versus policy all day, but he wasn't quoting the policy. He was quoting regulation. Well, it's regulation and it's this and that. I'm like, okay, well, show me. Well, uh, I can't. And then again, that's where that, that, again, that for me as a safety professional, if you're not able to sit there and tell me why, then I don't care. Or I'll just say it's policy and then I'll go bring you a policy book right and that's fine that that works too hey well it's policy okay well my favorite well, well it's not in the sop I'm like, i swear to god i'm gonna chop your head off this paper <laughs> is not designed to keep you alive the the thing between your ears is designed to keep you alive okay but anyway so yeah that's actually a dot regulation the department of transportation regulates how flammable liquids and other caustic materials hazardous waste or hazardous materials i'm sorry is regulated and how it's transported so that's the reason why oftentimes one of the easiest citations for you know an ocean um 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 audit will always pull up oh well they're using you know those gas cans either the ones from the gas station or like the ones that you see for like like motorcycles or quads and stuff like that the one with the big long straw oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like if you're gonna go four-wheeling yep, or dune about. buggies and stuff like that those ones I see those often when I go do first consulting. They're like, oh, well, you know, this costs like $40 cheaper than the the metal can. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why you have to use a metal can, though. At home, it's fine, which, you know, in reality makes no sense. But, I mean, you can't regulate people's houses, right? 
But at work, it's different because the idea is that you're going to be working in an environment where there's electricity and there's fires, all this kind of stuff where the, the risk is increased versus in the home where the only time you're actually going to use it is when you're feeling up a, a, a toy or gas gas powered motorcycle or something like that. So DOT makes sense because DOT is technically a regulatory body. Mm-hmm. So because I've had people in the past, I think like, like so here's an example. I think something just passed or, or was written recently. I think it was an ANSI about uh, MUPS, mobile, mobile elevated work platforms. Oh, yeah. And about MUPS. the types of training and stuff that you need to have that backs it. And so I had a guy telling me, hey, uh, ANSI just wrote this. OSHA said they're going to start you, giving citations yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Mike, that's not how it works. And I'm like, I don't think so. I was yeah. like, I was like, An- I was like, OSHA recognizes ANSI for sure. Right. And they, they use them as what is the name of them? They're not. They have a name of like those types of uh, organizations. They're like they're pretty much like SMEs. They're like the yeah, the so managers. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. Like like NIOSH. So exactly. those are the the supplementals. They're the ones that come and do the research, if if you will. They're the research bodies, and they're the ones that are going to do the testing and all this other stuff. And they're the ones that say, hey, you know what? We discovered that. You know, this regulation isn't enough and we we're going to, you know, get, get within the regulatory bodies. Hey, we're, we're recommending that you guys change the the regulation on this to be more strict for this reason. And that's the, again, that's something that you're going to see often is people are like, oh, oh, well, uh, MSHA or not MSHA. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, yeah, that, that is a regulatory body. <laughs> ANSI says this and AIA says, says that. And I, again, I always recommend, I always tell them, like, remember, these are, these are research bodies. Mm-hmm. This is what's recommended. Now, eventually that may become It may become regulation. law. And again, of course, we don't want to go just by law. We want to go what's most appropriate exactly. for the situation. Of course. Exactly. And I always give people the grain of salt, like, look, you know, let's go back to confined spaces. Well, how many air exchanges do I need to have? I've always heard, well, industry standards, 10. Uh, well, I, of course, me being a jerk, I'm gonna look it up. Where, where's industry? If it's industry standard, that means everybody in the industry is going to be like, yes, 10 is what we need. The only thing I've ever found was the AIHA in one PowerPoint 15 years ago said 20. Nowhere else can I find where an air exchange is recommended by anybody. And so again, it's just understanding, okay, well, what's industry standard? versus what's actually written versus policy. And again, I, I always stress this when somebody comes up to me and says something I'm like, okay, well, are you quoting regulation or are you quoting policy? Because if you're recording regulation and your regulation's wrong, that's fine. But if you're quoting a policy, then I'm going to have to follow the policy. I've had that before where again, somebody had like, oh, well, I'm going to come in. We're going to make a change because them wearing this type of PPE is increasing their workload and it's causing heat illness. Okay, so you want me to you want me to justify getting rid of the the high vis vests? Yeah, perfect, cool. So I'm gonna go on my little mission. I'm gonna look up all the regulations that I think apply. Cool. Uh, there's uh, luckily Calosha has a nice one. The um, there's industrial hygienists have one. AIHA has one. They all have like this calculation where you figure out the PPE and the workload per calorie per hour and all this fun little calculation. You're putting it in, and it tells you, hey, it's recommended that you move it up or down. Okay, so. I showed them the math and I said, look, even though the math doesn't follow what you want, it doesn't say like, hey, um, we're going to need to make a change because this PPE puts them over the limit. They're already over the limit no matter what, even without the extra PPE. So in reality, what we're doing right now fits fits regulation. But, and this is the thing I threw in that person's face, I said, but your policy says that in order for them to work near this piece of equipment, 
they have to have high-vis vest. And I told her, um, I can't argue policy, right? Because when it comes down to it, if another safety, a, a safety person with the head company comes up and goes, hey, why aren't you following this policy? I'm going to say, well, technically, OSHA says da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, yes, but policy says this, and they're going to hold me to the policy. And that's why I told this individual, I said, look, I, I mean, I get what you're trying to do. But at the end of the day, in order for me to make a change in my department, I have to have you guys change a, a, something in your policy mm -hmm. that allows me to make that change. In reality, I told her, in reality, it's not going to make any real difference. You're not changing. You're not changing much. It's not like, oh, we're going to change their. It's not like the. It's not like the high-vis vests are weighing like 30 pounds or anything. They're weighted. Light, weighted high-vis Yeah, vest. weighted. Like they're Goku and stuff, training. <laughs> Vegeta's coming. He's going to he's about to get trained up. But... It's it is a slippery slope. I will I will completely admit that there's you're gonna make plenty of mistakes. Just be humble and take those mistakes, and sometimes just take take uh you know cues from your employees. Sometimes they do know more about something than you do. Again, when I first started, one of my first things was you know ele MUPS elevated work platforms. Um, scissor lift is considered rolling scaffolding. You know something that you learn later on throughout your schooling. Well, you're above you're you're in a vehicle like a like a scissor lift. You're, you're above seven feet. You need to have fall protection. No, well, no, technically, because this is considered this, 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 and this, then it's not, you don't need to have fall protection because the fall protection is the guardrails, top, middle, bottom, as long as they're intact, of course. But learn how to get those regs, get those books. Mancom, I'll be honest with you, Mancom is a great resource. If you don't know now where, you know. yeah, and if you don't know, now you know. Go online, buy some of their books, especially if you have a state plan. It is great. They will have a state plan. I actually have Fed, Fed General Industry and Construction and the Electrical Orders. And they also have um, the Cal State, the California State uh, State Plan as well. And it covers literally everything. So if you have questions, it even has a little marker, has pictures. They do a great job. I, I feel like they do a better job having the book than going online. Just because like the format and everything is way different. So if you have questions, that's always good. Always and always too. If you ever, ever have a question about you know, hey, I, you know, Joe, I have this judgment call. I mean, you're not going to get one in a timely manner, of course. But you can Especially always if it's on our Reddit. You can you can yeah you can always give us uh you know a, a, an email. Hey, Joe, this is what we got going on. Is this the right way? Or you can even just paint it like you weren't the one. Like hey, I had a friend that had this situation. What do you think? I mean, of course we can you know. During our mailbag, we can talk about it, discuss, hey, you know, we had a situation. How would you handle it? How would I handle it? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the regulation? Well, the regulation may say this, 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 but our policy, I'm sure a policy would probably, you know, be more res restrictive because of the type of hazards or what I've always seen is usually policies are made more stringent because they had an incident. Right. So, you know, we had fall protection. Well, now it's going to be more because someone fell. It wasn't adequate. So. Again, remember, we're not we're not trying to again, I'm going to have to get on my pulpit again. We're not trying to have compliance or having adherence. Remember, the adherence to the law is is following the intent. We're trying to keep people safe, not just be like, well, you know, technically they were at, uh, you know, this this height or we were doing this and blah, 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 blah. OK, so um, we're, we're within the compliance of the law. I'm like, yeah, but doesn't mean doesn't absolve you of complete liability. You can still be sued in civil court and, and, you know, held liable. One of my, one of my favorite ones that I always use and um, it's a great example is OJ Simpson, right? OJ Simpson was found innocent in criminal law, but, but yeah, 
he was held liable in civil law. So let that be a big lesson for everybody listening. Like, look, just because we were within the law doesn't mean that we can't be held, you know, financially liable. liable. So, yeah. Yeah, we did everything we could. Did you do everything? No, no, you're not. So, yeah, even though he says he didn't do it, the civil court said he did. Let's go figure out. Uh, maybe get with a lawyer and maybe they can explain that a little bit better. But I can't. So. So we do actually have a couple of things I wanted to talk about from our mailbag. If are, mail bag. Are you good with the? Uh, yeah, I'm just glad you called it a mailbag because I know for a I call it time, that now. You only in it. this podcast. I I still can't stand it. Um. So we talk about this kind of a lot, but uh, they asked us the question. So maybe just real quick, let's hit it. Um. The question. Well, first off, congrats to this dude. Uh, he hit us up at the beginning of sem- September saying he was trying to get into safety. He was applying. He was enjoying the podcast. Now, I'm not saying it was because of the stuff he learned on our podcast. It was. But about a, a couple weeks we're gonna ago. Take, we're going to take total credit. He landed for a safety job. Awesome. Well, congrats. Uh, do you have a name or a last name? I don't know if he wants his name. Just out say his last name. I'll just say his name's Howard. Oh, Howard. Congratulations, Howard. So good we job, Howard. We are very Howard. proud of you. Welcome, brother. Um, Can't wait to see you do some great things. Let us know. Keep us posted. Hey, how you're, how you're loving it? Maybe we'll get you on the podcast. I mean, if you want to do that. He has his uh, OSHA 30 and STS, and he says he's trying to get a CHST right now. Yes. So well, hit us go, up. Dude. Hey, we have some resources we can help you out with. Uh, give us an email, um, and we'll help you out. Uh, but his question was, at the new company he just started doing safety for, he has uh, the, the foreman that he has to deal with on a daily basis. He just said is really grumpy. <laughs> and uh, he said he's kind of old school, and he's real grumpy. Yeah. Pretty typical in the construction world, right? Um, he's just like, do you have any advice to deal with a really old grumpy man that's in charge? I would say fight him, but I don't know what kind of a <laughs> physical progress you have. Usually beating up old people is is a great way to, to earn their respect. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not my like, recommendation. Hey, let's just go duke it out real quick. Oh man, I lost. I'm like maybe, yeah, maybe I should go find another job. Um, honestly, the, the best way again, um, start getting your references in and or your materials for leadership. Um Again, I always recommend the five levels of leadership would be like a good entry point. And then we've talked about many other leadership uh, materials uh, on this on this podcast for sure. Um, getting getting to know them, you know, that's I think my that advice. the biggest thing is, well, that's, you know, again, that's the, one of the first things you learn in leadership is, is learning how to how to relate to somebody. Get on get on their side, understand things through their side. Understand how he's gonna perceive you. I don't know your age, but you're probably young. I don't think. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because like right. the way he, the way he made it sound like yeah. there's a huge age difference. So he's probably older. He's probably in the older generation. He probably's looking down. and Goes like, oh great, I'm gonna have this youngster who's out for his own own. You know, oh, grumpy foreman. Okay. Yeah, he's looking out for himself, trying to make a name. He's just gonna give me a bunch of hassle and stuff like that. Have them believe that he. You guys aren't. I mean, I'd say have them believe because you guys are on the same team. Get get on the same team understand that your what you do impacts him and he what he does impacts exactly. you and just get on the same page like hey you know what take him out to lunch that's all I, I, I cheat that's the easiest way it's one of my don't don't let everybody know this but that's my one number one way to cheat hey i'm not i'm not getting along with this guy let's go eat why because when you're eating you're getting dopamine right getting those dopamine hits eventually if you kind of shake their hand you get the physical contact you know, joke with them, get a good rapport, understand how they are, learn their wife's and kids' names, all that kind of stuff, what he wants to do, they're going to end up liking you. And it's not about liking, but it's it's easier to deal with somebody who who understands and sees the humanity in you versus someone who goes, oh, okay, you're an adversary, right? They're going to be adversary. You're going to pump heads all the time. Once you build that relationship, they're much more likely to, cons- to consider your like what you have to do in your job 
uh, if you guys have that relationship already, it won't be so much of a battle like you're saying. Have you seen that stat that more people are given the maximum sentence by judges before they eat lunch than after they eat lunch I, by a large amount? I haven't seen that. But it's pretty much saying like once people eat, they're in a better mood. That's, well, I mean, that's all I've, I've learned that. So don't, if you're going to get if you're going to go on trial for something, try to get after lunch. Yeah. You're like, hey, judge, you want to go to lunch real quick? He goes like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyway, so that was one. The other one. Um, so I just want to apologize to our Reddit. Uh, yeah, community. Family, We've been, community. I've been kind of, kind of slacking. I have a lot of extra things, so I'm getting my insurance license. So I've been focusing a little bit more on that just because I have a time limit on that. But anyway, but you can still find us on uh, subreddit. Reddit it's just culture of safety. Yeah, culture that. of safety, uh, safety professionals. Somebody did ask on our episode um, when we were talking about recordables, if that was the same thing as reportables and what the difference was and um, what we report when it comes to first aid and stuff. But basically, the answer was that uh, you can go in there and look at it. But right. when we were saying recordable, we're talking about things that need to get uh, documented on the ocean logs, the ocean yeah. 300 log. Um, that's what we were talking about in that episode specifically, because he was saying like, well, uh, when he handles first aids and stuff like that, right. does he handle them differently? You, you, medical you do report those, but you don't report them to OSHA. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about all that. Well, and, and, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick myself in the butt for not remember the name, the department of industrial relations. It's not them. You know, the one I'm talking about where you, you're supposed to, the Bureau of Statistics, BL, BLS, BLS, B Bureau, Bureau of labor statistic yeah, that one realist. okay I'm like, I'm like i'm pretty sure it's that one mm -hmm. but yeah what you know your whatever issues that you that you typically run and this is my recordables and stuff like that that's just for statistically trying to figure out what the best move is for the yeah. next 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 couple of years but my apologies to that guy we, no, took, I mean, we didn't answer back for a while yeah uh but we will be i put some notifications on my phone now so if anybody it was surprised when you had told me like oh my god how come i didn't get this i'm i'm in there so i got to go i guess check my notifications and yeah. stuff like that so yeah, usually we're a little bit more diligent in answering people's questions. Hit us up on the Popular Safety Guys at Instagram or on Instagram. On Instagram, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be throwing on some good content. So um, I want you guys to be real diligent in in, in checking out. I'm gonna try to post like twice a week. One is gonna be like a like just like a picture, I guess, like just detailing something. And I'm gonna start trying to start doing videos, um, just talking about some of the interesting things, some of the things that we we talked about on the show, of course. But just trying to make it interesting content. Some I've noticed out there that there's a lot of safety content, just like cool safety things that you would never know. The only thing you see is really crazy accidents. Yeah, you see accidents or, you know, was it the OSHA unsafe, not safe for work? And it's just people doing stupid stuff. And then people are like, oh, this guy is an idiot. I'm like, look, who's the guy that took this picture? Were you the one that was responsible and going there and telling that this person did something unsafe? Or were you mm -hmm. a bystander watching and waiting for this guy to fall to his death? That's my biggest thing. I tell them, well, did you go and talk to this guy? Well, no. Like, well, then you're part of the problem. So, no, but mine's going to be more like just things I've learned over the years. I guess a lot of it will probably be fire-related, safety-related, industrial hygiene. Just things that I I don't see a lot of people have knowledge in and just kind of explain like, oh, check this out. This is a cool little thing that a lot of people see every day, but they don't know what, what it is or why it's that way. You know, and so we'll maybe do history. I have like a whole – I've been working on it for the past couple of weeks. I, I apologize for not posting, but – that's what I've been working on is just trying to get the content all lined up and then I'm going to start putting it out and just kind of like, Hey guys, make it more interesting. So people are kind of be like, I want to look at the the Instagram rather than just like, Oh, well, this is kind of boring. Um, we're also going to put little snippets of the, the podcast here and in, in there as well. Yep. So please like share our Instagram, join our Reddit community, hit us up on Facebook, 
all those things are are free, but they yes. really help us as a show. So please do. And do if that. you guys want to help us financially, Matt started an OnlyFans. So <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but also, if you could leave us a, re- a review or a rating on a rating iTunes, on iTunes well. and Stitcher and Google Podcast, whatever it is that you listen on, what, Spotify it, uh, and iTunes Amazon are our biggest just one. came out with one too. Amazon, you can listen to podcasts on Amazon now also. Yes, and then uh, I apologize, but we're going to be doing a transition as well. So we're going to be trying to make it into a YouTube series as well. So we're going to be able to say, you know, oftentimes we get people telling us, well, your podcast great when I'm in the car, but when I'm at work and I need something to listen to, like, I don't have anything to listen to. I don't have like a podcast on my computer. And I was like, okay, well, would you do it like a YouTube? Like, yeah, I listen. I, that's, that's the main thing a lot of people do when they're on computer mm-hmm. is they listen to YouTube. Yeah. Either like Joe Rogan or something like that. So I think, you know what, that'd probably be a good avenue for us is to transition into the um, digital media. We definitely want to provide some YouTube YouTube content. Also just know if you are that person uh, on Google, you just type in culture of safety and it will bring up our podcast and you can listen to it right on Google. And just a disclaimer, Matt and I are are very ugly. So I'm sorry ahead of time. You know, yeah, we're, we got into safety for our brains, not because we (laughs) were good looking. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you again next week. You guys have a good one.